Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I want to talk to you about something that God laid on my heart. And then we're just going to flow for a few minutes. But somebody's going to get a real help and blessing here tonight. And I sense it and I need to move quick. But in uh, 1 Kings chapter 18... In 1 Kings chapter 18, this is what it says in verse 4. For it was so while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah had taken 100 prophets and hidden them 50 to a cave. 50 to a cave and had fed them with bread and water. I want to talk to you tonight about Coming out of the cave. Coming out of the cave. One of the most uh, amazing places to me to go in the whole world is an area of Israel where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. The Dead Sea Scrolls are most of the Old Testament major prophet books. Were found in a cave, if you can believe it or not. A little shepherd boy was out in a desert area, and he threw a rock, and it went over and fell into a cave, and he heard an unusual crashing sound. It didn't sound like how the rock should sound. And out of that, back in 1947, I believe it was, for the next 10 years, from 47 all the way up, they began to find the Old Testament books uh, written by the prophet Isaiah, for example, and Ezekiel, written. And and you can go to that place. And it's just one of the most amazing places to realize that God preserves His Word. Caves are places where animals live. Bears and lions and people shelter from the storm. People run when they feel hunted and they retreat to the caves. And in this text, also... Throughout the Bible, people who were afraid and couldn't seem to believe God would run to a cave to hide. You read it over and over that the people of God in Gideon's time ran to a cave and hid themselves from their enemies. A lot of people cave in when fear comes. The first reference to a cave is Lot when he made a decision to begin to turn away from Sodom and Gomorrah and he set out to this certain city but then he changed his mind and he said I'm not going to Zor and he went into a cave the Bible said and there he committed a horrible sin because fear will drive you into a cave fear is faith in the enemy fear is false evidence appearing real fear is a dark room where you develop all of your negatives Fear will paralyze you from your purpose. Fear will cause you to blur to the reality of what God has called you to do. Charles Spurgeon said, when you are afraid, you throw the devil a square dance. And I don't want to give the devil a square dance tonight. We're coming out of the cave. We're coming out of the cave. David was a man who knew what it was to live in a cave. When Saul came, the Bible said that he encountered David in a cave. And David and Saul didn't even know he was in the cave. 
And then at the cave of Adullam, there David assembled the mighty men. The Bible said that they were men in distress, debt, and discontent. And he whipped them into the mightiest army. But that gathering started, thank you, that gathering started in a cave. That God began to work when people were isolated and in a cave. And then I thought about how that when Israel was afraid and they hid themselves, caves are always connected to people who are afraid. The normal reaction when we're afraid is to hide in a cave. There are two great dangers that I want to give you tonight, three great dangers about what can happen to you when you hide in a cave. Emotionally or uh, when you do it in, in, and you just retreat and you decide to not walk by faith but by fear. In Joshua 10, and I don't have time to go through this, so you're going to have to take notes and check it out for yourself. But in Joshua 10, the Bible said that there were five kings that fled from Joshua and they ran all five of them into the same cave. And when they got inside of this cave, listen, the cave was meant to become a hiding place. Joshua had defeated them. You remember he made the the sun stand still. When he prayed, God heard his prayer and the sun stood still. And those five kings were so afraid that they hid in a cave. And Joshua heard that they were hiding in a cave. Now watch this. This is the big point that I want you to get. And, And Joshua went in front of that cave and he ordered his soldiers to roll a great stone in the front of that cave. Because... Now, what you've got to see is when you run into the cave, the hiding place can become a prison if you stay there too long. Because the cave was just something they were hiding in, but then it became a prison because they rolled the stone in front of it. And now that which they were hiding in became their prison. You have to understand that That hiding place, that hiding place became a prison because they stayed where they were not supposed to be. And I don't know what kind of hurt you've been through, but if you stay in it long enough, the enemy will turn it into a prison. The hurt will become, the the fear will become a prison. The isolation will become a prison. The harm that it will do will become a prison. Everybody say a hiding place. And then say, became a prison. And then the Bible said, he left them there and he came back a few days later. And then he said, Joshua said, bring them out of the cave. He commanded them to roll the stone out and bring them out of the cave. Second point. If we stay in our cave long enough, somebody else governs when we get out. You don't decide at some point if you stay too long, somebody else controls your emotions. Somebody else controls your, 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 your freedom. Somebody else, because you're not supposed to stay in the cave. If you don't forgive, you're going to be a prisoner of past hurts. And I want to say today that God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. He came out of the cave of unforgiveness. He came out of the cave of hurt. He came out of the cave of pain. Because if you stay in the cave long enough, you become a prisoner. And then you don't decide when you get out, but other people decide whether or not you're going to have a good life. 
The situation is holding you hostage. Why don't you set yourself free? Why don't you decide tonight to release any and everybody that you've been bitter and angry at and let yourself out because that cave is holding you captive. It's, you, you've withdrawn and in the withdrawal, the enemy has turned it into a prison and once he gets you in the prison, he's governing whether or not you're having joy in your life. The longer you stay there, the more you lose there. Tonight, the longer you stay in that cave of addiction, the longer you stay in that cave of isolation, of secrets, the longer you stay in that cave of just being hurt and not trusting anybody anymore and having unforgiveness and bitterness, the longer you stay there, the more you lose there. Now, this is what got me. The Bible said that then Joshua ordered those five kings to be hung by the neck from a tree. And after they were hung by the neck, they took their bodies, threw them back into the cave, rolled the stone there, and watch. If you don't come out of the cave when God calls you out of the cave, it becomes a prison. And if you don't move out, somebody else governs when you get out. But most importantly, if you stay there, the cave ultimately becomes a grave. And their dreams die. And their purpose dies. The hiding place becomes a prison and the prison becomes a grave. God sent me tonight to get somebody out of that grave. God sent me tonight to proclaim liberty. And the story that I read was about the time of Elijah and the scripture said that he was combating Ahab and Jezebel. And the scripture said there was a prophet by the name of Obadiah who had hid a hundred preachers or prophets in caves. Where were the preachers? In the time of the nation's greatest need, where were the preachers? They were hiding in a cave. I couldn't help but think that a silent preacher is no better than a dead one. At some point, we need some preachers to quit hiding in the cave and begin to proclaim the Word of God to our nation and to our world like never before. Come out of the cave. Come out of the cave. Elijah said, let the God who answers by fire be God. And he got a fire contest going. And you know the story. The fire fell. The point that I'm making to you tonight is you can't stay in that cave. When Moses saw two Egyptians beating uh, an Israelite, he thought, this is my moment to set captives free. I'm called to be a deliverer. And he went and he slew an Egyptian. And then someone attacked him. And when they attacked him, the Bible said that, that he, he withdrew. He went into the wilderness for 40 years. He basically lived in a cave and the only thing that could get him out just before the cave became his grave. Just when it looked like it's too late for things to happen. I'm too old and the promises are not going to be fulfilled in my life and I must have missed God. I thought I was supposed to deliver Israel out of Egypt. But now... My life is over. And he's 40 years in this cave, basically. Cave living out in the wilderness. But there comes a burning bush into his life. 
And the bush says, come out of this and go do what God's called you to do. Don't let the shame make you go into a cave. Don't make the failure like Moses did go into a cave. There comes a moment where God says you might have failed and you might have messed up, but come out of that cave and don't come out with guilt and condemnation and say, well, I tried and I failed, but God is calling you out of the cave. The Bible said that he settled down and he was content. And that's when the cave was visited by a burning bush. And I want to tell you something. After 40 years of rejection, Moses got his courage back and he came out of the cave and he went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And I, I want you to see something. When Moses came off of that mountain, after 40 days of fasting and prayer, he came, we always say he came with the Ten Commandments, but do you understand that same 40-day period, not only did God give him the Ten Commandments, but read it, God gave him the whole tabernacle plan. The Old Testament tabernacle plan was God's people would set up camp under tents. And there was a tabernacle plan that God gave the specific directions of the large tent that the nation of Israel would worship under. And God gave him the whole tabernacle plan. And a lot of times we say, well, Moses, he, he, he threw the Ten Commandments down and he broke the Ten Commandments. But God didn't send him off the mountain with just a bunch of commandments to break. He sent him off with the tabernacle plan in the other hand. And when he came down, he knew he would break the commands, but he knew there was something in that tabernacle that spoke of Jesus because the Ark of the Covenant and all, there were five pieces of furniture. And if you looked from an aerial view, all of Israel would camp around the, the tabernacle. It was a big tent in the middle of the camp. And if you looked from an aerial view, if you approached the Ark of the Covenant, let's say the Ark of the Covenant is, is behind me, and if you were approaching, you would have five pieces of furniture, you would have an altar and of repentance, a shedding of the blood, you'd keep going, and you would, you would have a laver, and you would have over here a menorah, and you would have a, a, a lamp, and you would have, um, you would have um, uh, bread, and so it literally went like this, and if you, if you were to look at it from an aerial view, it would be a cross. Because the Holy of Holies would be the tip of the cross. And every day God said blood must be put on all five pieces of that Old Testament tent. Because I want it bloody. So when God would look down out of heaven on Israel under a tent worshiping, he would see a big old bloody cross right in the middle of them. And I'm standing here preaching to that big old cross right in the middle of all these tents. And I can't help but tell somebody, I don't care how bad you've broken and failed and messed up on the Ten Commandments, there is another plan called the Tabernacle Plan. And through the blood of the Lamb and the blood of the cross, you don't have to live in a cave of shame and condemnation for whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And there's no condemnation to them that walk in Christ Jesus. Give the Lord a mighty praise right now. I'm almost done. You with me? Shout yes. yes. I want you out of the cave tonight. You see, 
millions were waiting on Moses to come out of his cave. And there are many who are waiting on you to come out of that cave of rejection, that cave of addiction, that cave of failure, that cave of, 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 of just offense and hurt because millions were waiting. Millions were waiting on Moses. He didn't know when he was in his cave that millions of people would only receive deliverance if he got out of his cave by a burning bush. In John chapter 11, Lazarus was in a cave because the graves back there were caves. And Jesus comes along and he emptied that grave. He said, Lazarus, come forth. The cave does not have to be your grave. What gives Christianity power to transform lives is the fact that Jesus wouldn't stay in a cave. They crucified him. They nailed him to the cross. He died and they put him in a cave. And when it he refused on the third day to stay in that cave and an angel rolled the stone away and he stepped out and said, I am he that was dead and I am alive forevermore. It secured our victory, our eternal life, our, our, our healing, our victory. It, it secured our righteousness. It secured our name in the Lamb's book of life. When Jesus came out of the cave, he brought the keys of death and hell with him. The power of the church is in an empty tomb, in an empty cave. Joseph of Arimathea, listen, Joseph of Arimathea gave up his cave. You remember he had a grave and Jesus didn't have anywhere to be buried. And he gave up his cave, listen, he gave up his cave so Jesus could use it for his glory. I'm asking you to give up your cave. I'm asking you to give it to Jesus and let him get all the glory for getting you out so that people will say they were dead, but now they're alive. They were messed up, but now they're free. They were one thing, but now they're a brand new creation in Jesus Christ. And lastly, when Elijah later in life would be depressed himself, and the Bible said he went into a cave. You remember the story? The great prophet who had called down fire from heaven, who had done so many things, but he went through something so severe that when Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you, he got so afraid that he ran into a cave and he was hiding. And you've heard the story of how that God sent a whirlwind, but God, or there came a whirlwind, but God wasn't in the whirlwind. And there came a, a storm, and God wasn't in the storm. But the Bible said while he was in that cave, there came a still, small voice, a gentle whisper. And it said, Come out of this cave, listen, and go anoint King Hazael. You know how you get out of the cave? You go anoint somebody else. You go help somebody else. And who was King Hazel? He was a heathen king who would feel the oil of the anointing because a man decided, I'm going to get out of my cave. 
And what I'm preaching to you tonight is, I don't care what kind of circumstance you're in. You can come to the music. I don't care what kind of situation you're in. There is a gentle whisper here tonight saying, come out. Come out wherever you are. This is your deliverance night. This is your freedom night. And don't let the cave become a prison. And then the prison only be open at other people's command. And don't let the cave become a grave. But hear the voice that is saying, come out. You can be free. Well, how do you get free? Like I preached this morning, you engage in worship. You begin to glorify and praise Jesus and you accept Him as the Lord and Savior of your life. You receive the power of that cross in your life and it will do the work. It will bring you the strength. It will give you the victory. And so Lord, right now I praise You that there's power that's going to set people free from the cave. The cave of pain. The cave of hurt. The cave of failure, yes. The cave of shame. The cave of guilt. It's not your will that anybody lives. They put you in the cave so we wouldn't have to stay there. And you rose on the third day. The cave of failure. That's not where you belong. Come out of that cave. That cave of feeling worthless. Come out of that cave. That cave of being a victim. Come out of that cave in the name of Jesus. Lord, I praise you for it tonight. You'll back this word up with power. And I give you praise for that tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in this room, or and this is a big room. If you're over there, over there, over there, over there. And you would say, Pastor Jensen. I believe this is a divine appointment tonight. I believe I hear that still small voice saying, come out of your cave. I've allowed this thing to hold me hostage. I've been held hostage to my past hurts too long. And I need to come out. And I hear a voice. It's not just me wanting to muster up willpower. But the reason that Lazarus came out is that he heard Jesus call his name. And he's calling your name tonight. He knows what prison and what cave you're in. But it doesn't have to be your grave. Don't let that cave be your grave. But tonight, like Joseph of Arimathea, give God your cave. Let him get glory out of what other people thought you would be buried in and die in. Let him get glory out of your past mistakes and failure and shame. He can do it through the power of his blood and his name and his cross and his precious Holy Spirit. He's here right now. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.